We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody, to another edition of the Rock Pile Report podcast, coming to you live from Twitter Spaces. If you're tuning in live, or if you're in there, you know, we'll, we'll, in fact, we'll probably reiterate this when more people get in the room. And for those of you listening at home who intend on attending any more of these, um, what did we figure out was the recipe for success there, Iman, on iPhones? On iPhones, make sure your sound is on, and then unmute yourself, and you <clears> should be all right. I got a better solution. If you have an iPhone, throw it away. <laughs> Get an Android. They're better telephones. Oh, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So that melodic voice you just heard was Iman Azizi, owner of Q42 Barbecue. Yeah, that's me. That's right. That's Iman. And we are here recapping the Grills Mafia meetup Yeah, that was over a, the weekend. Yeah, it was the first of its kind. Went pretty well. I, I'd like to say I, I pretty well. Raise a glass. All right. It was a success. A rousing success. The, the first thing I'm going to ask, there's going to be another one. This is a yearly thing, right? Yeah. We might do it again before the end of the summer if I have it my way. Yeah. I, why not? July 25th would be a wonderful date to do it. Well, keep that in mind. Guys, so first and foremost, I want to give a huge shout out to everybody who came out to Gallagher Beach Park and spent time with Iman and I and Dan Freddy and everybody else who was out there chefing up grub, creating kind of a faux off-season tailgate atmosphere. Yeah, it ran just like a regular tailgate. I got there at 8 o'clock, which was kind of rough. Yeah, I was going to say, let's let's set the stage for these guys so that they understand. Like, So we get there. Well, you got there first, which is yeah. hilarious because obviously because you and I are cooking together, the weather has to suck. Yeah, it had to rain for about three hours. <laughs> but otherwise, like once the rain dissipated, it was picturesque. Oh, yeah, it was beautiful. Day was gorgeous. And I'll tell you what. 
you couldn't have picked a better location for that. Yeah, on your left you had this like old industry of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Forward you had the beautiful Lake Erie. Over here at a kids park. I mean, it was just everything about this. Everything about it was right. Big wide open green space with lawn games and stuff for the kids. It was, yep. it was a blast. And there was a real diversity to the spread of people who came out to cook. That was one of the things I, you know, as I was kind of walking around, just taking in the scene with a glass of whiskey. I'm looking. I, I, I'm thinking to myself. You know, we had Andrew Garland yep. from uh, the Buffalo News. Yeah, I met him last year. He drove by and handed me a foil pack of ribs. That's how we first met. <laughs> He just wanted me to... He, he did the same to me as we yeah. were leaving. Uh, so the Buffalo News food critics there. You've got, he brought his friend who was a former... Uh, she was a former chef at Tempo downtown. Yep. Chefing up a, what? Artinian sausage and a beef sandwich with roasted... Holy crap. It was beautiful. It was what not only was it a work of art on a sandwich, but the flavors in that yeah. thing were incredible. We obviously tailgate connoisseurs. We were there uh, brought, cooking up tailgate staples. Yep, legs, drums, tri tip. I did pork butt, and that's why I was there so early. I, I tried apple pie, baked beans. Oh, those those were awesome. Speaker and and Dan Freddy came up. Knocked it out of the park. Brought an armada of equipment that I. You know me. I'm over prepared for most things. Tailgating wise, mm-hmm. Dan Freddy made me look like an amateur. <laughs> I, I I love it. Did you get any tips? I did. One of them is bring a leaf blower, a battery operated <laughs> leaf blower. I was like, what the hell is this? F- Dan Freddy was looking at me like, what are you new? This is how you. D- oh man! I thought he was just going to clean his space up <laughs> when he had that thing out. But and the guys from Bill's Helmet Bar drove all the way in, yeah. and that's kind of where I want to. Well, there's two things I want to say. First of all, you mentioned you you cooked a pork butt, Iman. Yeah, I cooked a pork butt. Your po- your pork was very very good. Yeah, that money muscle that was the thing. Today, was- today, I walked in here to do the podcast with Chris, and you know you walk in. There's just one car in the driveway. The door's open. You don't know what's you know, you know what I mean. Like you're walking into another man's home. You leave the garage open because it's the closest door to the basement where the studio is. So that is why the garage was open. So I walk in, and I, we're all guys here, and I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's people listening live right now who uh, even if you're not guys, you had similar sets of circumstances. There's things people do in the privacy of their own home that are kind of embarrassing. Right? Like when they think they're by themselves, there's nobody hanging around. I opened the door and walked into Chris's living room and caught him doing something that might be almost as embarrassing, if not more. Is this like a Seinfeld episode? Kind of. Except, like, because here's the thing. Like, I've we have friends. Like, Dan, Maross, if you're listening, it's tool time. Like, that's... It's tool time, Binford Tool fans. Uh, but we... Like, we've all had awkward situations. I walk in, and what Chris was doing was maybe even more embarrassing in my eyes than anything lewd or crude that he might have been. He was watching a how-to video on, like, cooking a pork butt on a smoker on YouTube. He's on... Now, he knows I'm coming over. He knows you're coming over. He knows that both of us exist. You see me every week. And yet here you are with a fruity cocktail in your hand with one leg crossed over the other like some (laughs) shitty therapist watching a YouTube video on how to prepare a pork butt. Maybe the easiest of all smoked meats. What was your uh, takeaways? What'd you learn? Well, this is what it is. You've seen my smoker out there. Mm -hmm. Get this. So we've had my girlfriend's brother come into town last weekend and he came over and we were outside, out back, with his dogs, and I was like, and I pointed to the smoker, and I was like, hey, you know, we're gonna put this to use, and he's like, oh, when'd you get that? I was like, well, according to Jessica, it was yours, and you just left it at your mom's, and he's like, no, that's, I've never had a master built, so somehow my girlfriend just came across a free smoker somehow. Or her brother forgot that he owned a master-built smoker. Why would someone lie about this? <laughs> yeah, why would you lie about a smoker? Like, I've lied about owning a lot of things. That's not mine. What are you talking about? But you, as a I don't ma- know how it got into my house, but in my a, closet. But as a man, you would claim a smoker. Like, yeah, that is mine. I think he, I would... And he wasn't taking it back, because they got a U-Haul to fill, with, to fill with baby shit that they took back from the baby shower. <laughs> but I was watching a video on how to do a pork butt because we have a six and three quarter 
pound pork butt in the freezer, and I plan on smoking that. And on you couldn't Friday. just ask one of us. Wait, wait, you're smoking it tomorrow? No, next Friday. Oh, okay. Next Friday, I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke. And you it. couldn't just ask for help. Instead, you did. Chris, I I would have rather you were here watching like skin flakes. If I, well, Iman's here. I'll ask Iman how to do a pork <laughs> butt. You know, if I was gonna if this weekend gonna spend my time in the backyard putting in an above ground swimming pool, I'd ask I, you about that. I walk in and the video. This guy has like a crazy unibrow. Like I see the guy and I go, "There's first of all, just on first glance, there's no. He's wearing a polo. I'm sorry, I don't take barbecue advice from people wearing. Did it, polos. Did it have a like, nice little acoustic guitar riff? Going on behind it? No, it was it was a pretty well produced video, but uh, Jesus, he had his own he had his own rub. He didn't use he didn't the one first thing I know. I thought you with like a pork butt, you would put like something on it to bind the rub that you're going to put on it, like a mustard. Yeah, it's called a binder. Yeah, he didn't do that. He just put all the because he's an idiot who wears a polo to make a barbecue video. I rest my case. So it, any- well, let me, let me let's keep going with this here. Does it matter what mustard? I know Drew probably uses French's because he's poor. I don't. I don't use mustard anymore. You don't. You just. Put I did. A, I did that back in fifteen sixteen era. Stopped doing that. So you just put the. No, uh, we go olive oil. Olive oil. Olive oil is a great binder. Sometimes a little spicy brown mustard made by Goldens. That's my go-to. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a poor version of French's. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I plead the fifth on it's from this. Friendly Farms. But so it's it's interesting to me. I digress. We got off t- we got off track here, folks. But I so we had this just very diverse menu, a diverse group of cooks, and a lot of people who didn't know each other going into this. And then there's Bill's Helmet Bar. They yep. drive all the way in from Keswick. The uh, what do they call it? The land yacht. <laughs> yeah. What is that thing? It's a guys. These guys when they travel, they look like the O'Doyle family from yep. Billy Madison. They all travel, and what? How many people over six feet tall? There was two to three, uh, yeah. That, that beige. It looks like an eighties night, early nineties movie. Yeah, pulling in where it's so weighted down in the back. Yeah, the, their bumper their is almost dragging because they have all their stuff as they're pulling down the street, and then three men they over six foot can't. two and two hundred and fifty pounds come climbing out of this thing, and you can hear the suspension resetting itself. It's like what. <laughs> This is how they travel. They call it the land yacht. It's full of them, Molson Dry. So they get here. They couldn't afford a trailer? No, no. I think they genuinely enjoy this trip in that vehicle. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's part of the experience. It's part of the experience. So you've... And they stayed with you, Iman. Now, how did you come to meet the guys from Bill's Helmet Bar? Just talking on the internets. Same thing as this happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, isn't this kind of... So there's this thing here, right? And we have a similar dynamic when it comes to meeting so many of the people who are right now listening live. Chris, how many people do we have in here right now? I'm not going to say because it'll, uh, it's it'll be the amount of people that already listen to our show. That's good. So eight <laughs> and our moms? Yes. So, so I guess what I'm looking at here is we kind of have this way of getting to meet people. And... This event was fun for so many reasons, but mostly because it really was kind of a get to know you. And we got to expand, um, I guess, the group of people that we know to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're gonna, we're, I think we met people who came by just to eat who are going to want to hang out during the season. I, I gave some tri-tip to two guys who were two, two guys that I ran into in the bathroom while I was taking a leak. They were riding their bikes. And I was just like, well... Are you guys? Hun- I saw them both wearing Bill shirts. I was like, "Do you guys? Are you guys hungry?" He goes, "What are you? What are you talking about?" And I go, well, "We're doing a cookout over here. It's kind of a grills mafia, Bill's mafia thing. Do you want some tri tip?" And the guy looked at his buddy and goes, "Hell yeah, I want some tri tip." <laughs> I was like, "All right, then." Did you do it? So in their bicycle shorts, they're eating. <laughs> it was just because that's what this is about. Yeah. Now, in terms of highlights of the day, what were some of yours? Um, I'd say. Well, when the Canadians showed up, it was about one thirty, and uh, they just they were excited to have Yingling. I was excited to have all the Canadian beers they brought. We didn't stop until it was time to go to bed. Yeah. So that was a long day, little wise guys pizza, <laughs> and I got up early to kind of get myself together to get there early. It was one of those those times, and a very quiet household, just me on the porch drinking a coffee, kind of going through the day. Got to get myself right. <laughs> I love those mornings. That, yeah. that's, that's, that it, does, it felt like football for a second. Yep. But, but here's what I'll say. We got all the thrills of actual tailgating for a Bills game without any of the rush. Yeah. We, we had have... all day to cook. Yeah. 
I got to experiment and I got to try things, recipes I'd never tried before. Why? Because we're outside cooking. I got a hot grill. Why not? Get getting there early. I got to meet a lot of elderly people walking little dogs. <laughs> Ask me what I was doing. Well, what's that? You're starting a fire over there because old people are nosy. Yep. So met a lot of a lot of my community fellow people. Um, well, I was just there solo for about an hour, hour and a half. Then first person to show up was Mark. Mark Smith beat me there. It was yeah. pretty funny. Rockpile Report attorney Mark Smith beat me to the thing, which was good because him and Iman could help me unload my truck. But it was how much foil did he bring <laughs> he brought multiple things of reynolds wrap and kept trying to replace mine with it reynolds wrap is engaging with him now of course mark has become a tinfoil influencer this is ridiculous it's oh i i'm gonna snap how far do you think let me ask you this do you think by september when we're starting to go full swing with the shows Recapping games, previewing games that you're going to come on here. Welcome to the Rockpile Report, sponsored by Reynolds Rep. I'd rather eat the foil than talk about it or have them sponsor the show. Know that. We're going to Blue Wire. If you're listening, if you, I swear to God, you plug their ads in here, I will quit. <laughs> For me, if we're if we're talking about highlights of the day. I, there was a couple takeaways, but first of all, watching my son become like a barbecue fanatic right in front of my eyes was pretty great. Uh, there was a really, and if you go at Rockpile Report on Twitter, go look at it. I tweeted out a picture of my kid. I was like, go find yourself somebody who looks at you the way my son is looking at that meat. He's got a rib in his mouth, staring at my staring at my father as he's slicing that tri-tip with big eyes. Just, it's... He's one of the funniest kids, and I watched him the other night clean up because Andrew Garland left me left. He gave me a foil packet of ribs for the road. I gave one to my kid, cleaned it down to the bone, the same way I do. My wife was like, "You must be so proud. <laughs> you must be so proud. This is your clearly your spawn." Can we bring this up for Iman? Any Iman, any chances you're going to do ribs this season? Yes, definitely. Because we Pref- got all these primetime games, preferably. The, within the first three games. Maybe the first one. All right. Drew, can you explain to Iman Memorial Day at Michael Collins? I made ribs. Chris is the only one who got sick, and he's taken it as a landmark event Whoa. that he can never eat ribs again. So he blames my ribs, but no one else felt bad or got sick. But he's convinced himself, like what? most hypochondriacs do, that it must have been that, and he's sworn them off forever. What year was that? I don't know. 17 or 18? Maybe. So that was the last time I had ribs. It was wow. like 40 years ago. Are you, Wait, you, break throw, your, you throw them up? I threw them up. Are you going to break your hiatus for Iman's ribs? Yeah, I am. All right. Yeah. That's, why I'm See? Ask, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, that, I think that, we're going to do it for the Titans game. That'll be my last That'll be my last dive into ribs. And if it if, doesn't go well, if you it just doesn't, quit? If it doesn't go well, I quit ribs. I promise you it'll go well because I've, I've had his ribs. They're great. But I think the other thing for me was just it's the people. Right, because that's what this whole event was about. Was it, it, it was called the meetup, mm-hmm. not, not just because it was a quirky naming convention, but because it was getting to know other Bills fans, other people who do this. Joe Miller came from Buffalo Rumblings over at the uh, what the overreaction. Yeah. But he's got a million pods. How many pods yeah. does that guy have? We well, had to leave to go to do do another pod. That's hilarious. That's why I had to go. Uh, he was there. Uh, Tiffany, not mm-hmm. another podcast in the seven one six. She showed up. Not only did she show up, it's my first time getting to meet meet her. She shows up with a frosty six-pack of Moosehead bottles. She was like, I knew I was coming to, to, to meet you. I had to bring something. I like it. It really did warm my heart. Like, I'm not being facetious here. Like, it, to get a feel for somebody who you only interact with on social media, it's, it's nice. That's what this whole thing is, is us bonding as a community. Yeah, I go through, and Andrew... One of the coolest experiences was of that day was getting to pick the brain of somebody who's not only taught journalism as an art form, but has practiced it for what he's what he's since the eighties. Yeah, he's and just to get to bounce ideas off of him and talk about the industry and talk about why I never got into the industry. Talk, talking to him is an experience. He's just kind of he's poetic about everything. Oh my so god, he, his prose is fantastic, and uh, he also helped me kind of crystallize some thoughts on what I'll call my pet projects as far as journalism's concerned. Because Chris, you know I'm a petty son of a bitch. Hundred percent. I've still got some axes to grind. 
And when I explained him to him, he told me that he almost encouraged it. He was like, not only do I think that you're doing, let's talk more about this because I think we, there's work here to be done. And it's because he's worked in investigative reporting before and he's done things that have helped shape this Western New York community. He's, he's made real change with his work. So to get to talk to a guy like that just at a random cookout. Did you get to tell him your story? Yes. Oh, God. So, so <laughs> hey, he sympathized because he's been there. So, with it, Google Doug Waterbury, guys. If you're ever bored, just Google Doug Waterbury. That's all I'm going to say for now. It's, oh, I'm going to just sip my whiskey. Are we talking Waterbury like bury the fruit or bury like. Bury like a body. Like the oh. Waterbury open from Happy Gilmore. Waterbury like what you. Bury like what you would do with a body. Like, so. Just getting to pick the but isn't that what a tailgate is? Yeah, on Sundays you get out outside of the stadium and you get to meet people that you never talked to. You get to have conversations that you didn't think you were going to have ever because you have such a wide swath of people. Yeah, it's a two act play. That's what's so great about it because it's not just about going to a sporting event. It's this is what we're going to do for the next five hours. Then we're going to go to the game, do that. Then we're going to come back, converse for about an hour, and get the hell out of here. It. Are you, Iman, let me ask you this. Yeah. Are you pumped for a, because we have Green Bay and Tennessee mm-hmm. night games. Does that make you more excited for the season knowing that you have a longer yes. period to I, be I, able to do things within the meat category, smoking? Yes. Any chance of a brisket? Yes. I'm thinking that might be the Packers game. All right. And for the listeners that aren't into smoking, what? What's the what's the the time frame for a brisket? Well, we're gonna we're gonna trim it down. We we can cook it in about five five and a half. How does that work? Because so anytime anytime I've watched a a brisket video, it's like this is a twelve hour process. You got to stop watching these videos. <laughs> well, let me well let me ask you this: is, is the man Aaron Franklin? <laughs> let me well let me it, ask because if not, then you should probably I'll, just turn it off. I'll follow you up with this. When are you getting a YouTube cooking channel? Ugh. Bridget keeps getting on me about that. I don't know. You could do it. I know. But Get some cameras. What some would we call it? I mean, I, I don't. I mean, Drew, do you know anybody that is slightly decent with audio that might do it for free? Slightly decent with audio who might do it for free. Hmm. Um. If anybody else I don't out know. there knows, I'm reaching. Guys, call an, in if you know. Yeah, call in if you know an audio producer. That could handle a YouTube cha- a YouTube cooking channel. I don't know what would what would Iman's y- YouTube channel be called? Ooh, that's a tough one. South Buffalo Eats. Yeah, there we go. Because I think if you put my name in it, it scares people. Yeah, Iman. <laughs> yeah, that is get, scary. They, they get scared, especially if they see my last name. You know, it's just, well, they automatically th- listen. That's it is funny listening to you and Bridget <laughs> talk about how you get pro. She's like, and you're the nicest guy I've ever. You, you are legitimately one of the nicest human beings one I've ever my, met. One of my first competitions, a woman asked me, she's like, "Oh, so you eat pork? That's good." <laughs> he, they go to airports, and Iman gets pulled aside all of the time, and Bridget just has to watch it. Yeah, they separated us in O'Hare, um, getting back from Germany, and this one guy just snapped at me, said, "You go in this line." <laughs> and he put me with a bunch of Swedish people. You're like, well, yeah. this is this is great. <laughs> and but but you're you're probably the most emotionally quit person I've ever met to deal with that. Yeah. What I, what is interesting for me is situations like Sunday where you've got all these all these people around. I feel like in a lot of cases you might shy away from some of that mm-hmm. in everyday day to day life. Those kind of social settings, you're you are more of a I don't want to call you shy, but you're more of a reserved person. Yeah, I definitely am. And yet these events, these events, uh, I feel like they, I don't know, I feel like they bring out a more social side of you. Yeah, you guys take a lot of the heavy lifting off of me. I just don't like small talk. <laughs> Chris, you know who knows how to small talk the balls of everybody? Me. Yeah, you too. Yeah, the both of you. In fact, I'm saddled with people. Is that why you guys are here? Is this like Rick and Morty where yeah. like I'm the Morty here? I just like I hide you guys. I love conversation. I hate small talk. I hate talking about your weekend. I hate talking about what do you how, how was your night last night? Don't don't care. Let's go. I want real conversations. You have some of the strangest conversations <laughs> ever like that, though. Well, 
one of the biggest things that we do, you know, we're sitting here talking about what this event means long term. I think you, you got to take into account one of the people who, besides you, I, other people who helped kind of put this idea together. It was interesting watching Reed Ferguson, because I think that this went a long way with the people who were there. You know, Reed Ferguson shows up with his dad and he's going through the crowd and he's talking to people. And we had a, what did we say, about 50-ish people came through over the course of the day? Yep. Including his best friend. So Reed comes in (laughs) and to watch, I think it's refreshing for other people to get to see like, oh my God, there's a Bills player here, team captain. Oh, we all know who he is because he's... Reed has slowly kind of become more visible in terms of the football team and how he's used with the social media department and everything else. And for them to get to know him the way Chris and I know him, where it's like he's he's just a dude. Mm-hmm. It's just dude. He's just a dude that doesn't swear. He's just a dude that doesn't <laughs> swear. And so to watch kids and see like other people who don't have that experience get to learn that and see that it really does almost bring you closer to the team, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. Well, Reed's in the chat right now. Why, why don't Reed? Why don't you unmute your microphone, and why don't you step in here and we'll just let us pick your brain a little bit about this? You there, Drew? Drew, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you, brother. How you doing? This is the first time I I uh, this is the, I've listened to a lot of spaces, uh, but this is the first time I've ever actually joined one. <laughs> well, glad that we could pop your cherry on that. So. <laughs> So edgy. That's edgy. Yeah. No, listen, it only gets worse from here. Now, so Reed, let's talk about this a little bit. So I'm wearing right now the Grills Mafia t-shirt that I got from you on uh, on Sunday. It's you show up and you see this. What did you think of the event in terms of was it what you thought it would be and could be? Uh, so first off, thank you to uh, Iman and the guys putting it together. Um, it was great. We had a blast. Uh, I know I didn't show up till the afternoon, uh, but it was fantastic to see everybody. Um, I, I had heard of, uh, about the group in the morning that kind of came through, uh, the people that, um, that came by and had, and had some of the food in the morning and got to visit. And then, uh, also there, you know, seeing everybody in the afternoon. Um, it was, I mean, it was great. There was, uh, you know, uh, it, it was it was great to kind of put a uh, a name to a face. Um, you know, we've been kind of talking about the Grills Mafia stuff on social media for a good, you know well over a year now, and um, it was good to to finally meet some people in per, uh, in person for the first time. Well, and to really see it in action. I mean, that was one of my things was to see like this was an idea. It was a joke, not a joke, but it was like a hashtag yeah. that you throw in there. Then it turned into something real and it reached out and touched a handful of people. And you got to see people coming and people with their children, people, Greg Vorse, I believe he's, he does sports. I, I don't want to butcher the outlet that he works for. Um, you don't need to butcher it, but that's one of the only reasons why I w- wish I could have been there if I wasn't working. It was, was to meet Greg? It was to meet Greg. It's it was just interesting to see all of these different people who know us or don't know us in person, who only know us as an internet personality, who only see our tweets, and to put a face and a voice to those things. And I thought that that was a big. I thought that that was big. Also, I watched you with uh, Dan. Was it Konofsky? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reed's best friend. Yeah, Reed's best friend. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> what what I loved about that was like other people watching you like. Oh, he's posing for pictures with this guy, and he's signing a spatula, and he's just... It's its like, exactly like I said. They get to know you the way that we know you. You're just a dude. You're just a dude with a job that's way cooler than mine. <laughs> and so, like, your father was there. You were there. You got to have a lot of stuff. When you look around and you think about this in terms of what Grills Mafia was... Like, it started, like I said, it started out as a joke, a hashtag that we would just throw behind whatever we were grilling that day. And it kind of built a community amongst ourselves, Twitter users who like to grill and sometimes drink a little bit and take pictures of it. Then it turns into this thing that you help put together. It becomes a charitable thing. Now you've got merch. Now we're ha- now all of a sudden there's this inaugural event that people show up to and are genuinely not just entertained, but you could tell that like there was a sense of community built there. People were energized. Yeah. They were into it, working hard. 
like how cool is that for you to watch this thing that you kind of you kind of took the next step on it and now it's grown even farther than that how cool is that to watch that play out <clears throat> um i mean to answer your question simply i mean it's very cool um i think the fact that uh basically in a little over a year um that this that an event like this was put together and as many people you know the amount of people that showed up the guys that grilled uh people that brought food from uh from another country bill's helmet bar shout out um i mean it shows to the impact and the uh kind of how organically it's grown um over the past 14 months or so i guess uh, I mean, it's been it's been awesome to see. The people are great. Um, you know, it's 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 a very welcoming community. I mean, all you got to do is is take a picture of what you're cooking. Um, but uh, I mean, it, it's been a ton of fun for me to to really uh, just support the community uh, that has given me so much over the past um, six years that I've been here, and then um, you know hopefully grow those relationships in the years to come with, with some more events like this. Man, I'm looking forward to it. Chris says he has a football question for you. I'm yeah. scared. I'm already scared. Well, no, you don't, you don't need to be. I, I didn't see this until after we recorded last night. We did last night. I had to fill in for Blake. Blake's in Peru doing a mission trip. So I had to fill in on after the snap last night and I didn't see it until after recording from Sal Capaccio Reed, are you at all worried about your job based on the way Matt Ariza can snap a ball? Ariza and T Baz both uh, both surprised me yesterday. I will say that. <laughs> I just like the video of you like rolling around on the ground laughing. I was like, all right, so he's not worried. That's that's more funny because also, uh, but I will say this. Matt Ariza, okay, maybe he can snap a ball. T-Bass, maybe he can snap a ball. Can they, uh, I don't know, r- what, run downfield and then get knocked over by Mike Tolbert as he's, as he's pushing you out of the way to recover a fumble? Or- uh, I, I feel like that's not a, that's not a difficult feat. <laughs> <laughs> How it's, it happens to the best of us is my answer. <laughs> Reed, we love you, brother. As always, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's, go back to watching the Yankees. Go back to watching the Yankees. Thank you for giving us some of your time, brother. Thank you, guys. Good to chat. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So there's something in this that if we, you know, to close out kind of the grilling conversation and the stuff before we move on to kind of some more lighter topics, I think one of the biggest takeaways, because, you know, read Chris, he sells himself short. He was taking, so he took a video for Dan Konofsky's father. Just, just, a, his father was ill. He was like, oh, this would mean a lot to him. It would be cool for this. And Reed did it without hesitation. And he's kind of talking to people who are around and he's just being around. And you get to see that. And what I saw, Chris, was a handful of kids. This might have been one of the biggest takeaways. The people who don't normally come to these types of things. Because, Iman, you and I are going to be at every single game this Mm -hmm. year. And you and I are going to come across a lot of different people. There was two things that stuck out. The first one, Brandon. Uh, He goes by Captain Pantalones on Twitter. He's got kind of a compelling story, and I told him as much when I met him. And I said, you know, it really struck me. It resonated with me because he t- all it was was a simple tweet in response to somebody else. And I saw it, and he said basically that he doesn't hang out at – like he doesn't go to a lot of football parties or doesn't hang out with uh, – at tailgates much because his friends don't respect his sobriety. He's like, I just feel like there's a lot of guys who put pressure on me, and I, it's just uncomfortable, so I don't do it. What's great, Chris, 
I will never be accused of being the most sober person anyone's ever met, correct? Oh, I mean, you do know Dave Gutierrez. Uh, he might. <laughs> he is the anti-sober. But, but at the same time, how many people do we... How many people do we hang out with in our circle who don't drink or don't drink to excess ever? Ever. I don't know. I there's, have, a, there's a number of them. Dude, I have to drink to be somewhat sociable. Yeah, because you're just as broken as I am, just in different <laughs> ways. But there's people like Mike Partham, who I think if he had two beers the whole day he was there, but he had fun and he came from beginning to end and stayed with us all day. He was playing with he was playing with my kids. He was playing with other people's kids, like just hanging out, being being part of the party. And he doesn't need that to feel like he's part of it. And there's never any pressure to do that. I look at that story and then I look at these kids running around who are like, that's a football player. And their parents are being like, oh, that's Reed Ferguson. He's a team captain. He's a football player. And people who are seeing us as part of this tailgate community that people have come to know, I think that what people get caught up in a lot of is they see the drunken debauchery, the, the, the barstool sports type stuff. Tables. The giant, st- the mountains of broken tables outside of away stadiums. And they say to themselves, that's what Bill's Mafia is. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair, and I understand why that's where your head goes when you see us. I feel like an event like what we put on and the way it all went, I think that this is an opportunity for us to show people that, look, we're more than that. This thing is bigger than everyone just getting shit-faced in a parking lot. It's a group of people who care about each other. And even if I don't know you, it doesn't mean I don't care about you. It just means I don't know you yet. So why don't we test the waters find out why don't you come out here and see what this is and you you find out it's a much more inclusive environment than you might have thought it was and for the kids to see this to say hey i i to just just to to for the kids the young kids who come and they say okay these guys are bills fans and they tailgated every game and look at them they're normal they're normal people And they're friendly and they're giving and they're kind and they're accepting. This goes a long way towards what the future of this fan base could look like. Right? Not to say, I'm not going to begrudge anybody for you. Listen, if you want to jump through a table, risk personal injury, you can do so. Know that I will laugh. And you sold one last year. I sold one to a 12-year-old. It killed me. The lady came over and she was like... I hate to do this, but can I give you $50 for that table? My son wants to try to jump through one, and it's his birthday. And I was like, lady, I hate this, but $50 for a eight-year-old plastic table, I will give it to you. And the poor kid just kept bouncing off of it. Yeah, because he weighed, he weighed like 98 pounds. I wanted to be like, lady, you do understand that like these the guys who you see jumping through those things were fat dudes. They're bigger dudes anyway. So I just... I want there to be, uh, I, I guess what I took away from this event was what, not only what it was, because it was a great day, right, Iman? Yeah, it was a great day, yeah, but I, I know where you're going with this. I think that it's also, it's a great day, <clears throat> but it's the start of something bigger than that, right? I think that there's a road forward for us as a fan base through this. You know, I, I see that, and I'd like to pick Joe Miller's in here. I'd like to pick his brain about this here in a second. But I think that them getting to see guys like Dan Freddy, knowing how hard he works, knowing that he just catered the Deion Dawkins kickball tournament on short notice and then got to the park to come cook for people just because. Like, you do these things for each other and you get to meet each other and then it becomes this networking thing amongst good people. And eventually it turns into this thing where we're no longer synonymous with just, like I said, just ass hattery, mm-hmm. <laughs> drunk yeah. and debauchery and terrible behavior. It's, it's another generation can look at what we're doing and say, Hey, there's a different way if you want to do it. And maybe that speaks to me more than what I see going on over here. And I feel like that's not only important, but I feel like it's meaningful for the future of what our fan base can be. Joe, you're in here. Chris is going to request that you take to the mic if you want to unmute yourself there. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, we'll get Joe Joe Miller in here. Joe, can you hear us? I can hear you. Ooh. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, we can hear of, you, sir. So of, Joe of course, Miller. But, of the- but we don't get you on your high-end audio equipment so that we can hear the voice. Uh, my voice does not change based on the microphone that I'm talking into. It's the it, same voice. It's a, it's a lot different when you're talking into that microphone that you have versus the phone. I can tell you that from production experience. So this well, dual, my, my apologies. So this dual persona that our fan base has, how far do you think events like this go to trying to change some of the narratives that exist there? And I, I mean, do you think that these things over time, because I, I genuinely believe that over time, these can help kind of reshape and kind of round out the way our fan base is seen. And then what future generations take away from how you can be a fan, different ways that exist out there. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm in the same boat as any, I was going to use the word mature Bills fan, but that's probably not a fair assessment. Not on this um, show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't necessarily care for the jumping through the tables and the, and the, and the, the craziness that, that happens all the time. I mean, I, I, I remember back to, uh, one of my first Bills games, I was young. Um, I might've been eight or nine nine years old I remember walking through the parking lot with my dad and some drunk dude had taken a a hot dog a cooked hot dog and stuck it out of his zipper and was like standing there waving at me with a with a you know a Salem's hot dog a cooked Salem's hot dog sticking out of his zipper of his pants and I just remember, remember being like dad what's going on over there and he was like nothing son so I mean there's an aspect of like I think this is just you know Bill's Mafia has is, has always been great, right? I mean, we put the 12th man on our wall of fame long before Seattle even knew what the 12th man was. Meanwhile, it's just now coming about what a great fan base this is inside the stadium and yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, you go back to the, the, the stretch of the 90s and, you know, we were undefeated at home for a very, very long time for years. And that was because of, large in part, because of the, the Bill's fans. And I think the same thing is true as it pertains to the crazy, the crazy has always been there. I don't think that the crazy is getting any more rowdy or any different than it's always been. It's taken a different method. So, right, the crazy is a little bit different. I guess the question is, is will we someday eliminate the crazy? I doubt it. Um, I also, I mean, I think that you can change the persona as it pertains to Bill's fans inside of our community, the people that are around us that might be, because of what's going on in the, in the media and what's going on in the, the narratives that surround us. You know, there's probably people that are afraid. We've, I, I don't say probably. It's true. We've seen it on Twitter that there's Bills fans on Twitter that are afraid to go to a Bills game because it gets crazy or because they're afraid what their kids are going to see or, or yada, yada, yada. Can we begin to change some of that stereotype? Yes. But when you're talking about clickbait and you're talking about people looking for clicks and looking for mentions – you know, they're always going to find the one dude jumping off of a van through a table that's on fire to put that on, you know, oh, sure. TikTok or TMZ or whatever. Sure. So I think I think the question is, is what, where, you know, what, what, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What circles are we trying to change that narrative in? And Can I, we change it amongst us as family? I think so, yes. Exactly. Um, and that's it. Because yeah, honestly, yeah. we could, you're never going to get rid of this table jumping thing. I, I don't even remember it. Chris, when Rex Ryan was ruining this football team, no one was jumping through tables. So it's just like this thing came about quickly. But the fans were always just as passionate. And like is you, your story there underscore is always just as weird. <laughs> didn't the whole thing start like Barstool or someone was up here for a primetime game and they just witnessed it and we're like, whoa, look at this. And, and it- this is it. And this is where this comes from. But so even if we can't change it nationally, if locally here in the city and here within the people who attend games or who might attend games or who might feel comfortable bringing their children around the football team on game days, it's like, I want to try. I feel like there's something bigger here that we can all kind of work towards. I think that there's you have children. I have children. I want to leave for my son something other than, hey, let's get drunk and maim each other jumping through flaming tables. I want them to understand that there's a real sense of community here. And there's people who genuinely care about each other. If you just 
give them a chance. Yeah, Bridget invited about 20 new people to our house for dinner at some point this season, <laughs> meeting people at this thing. I'm sure they did. And Joe, you you got to, before we let you go, Joe, so, so you get to experience some of that hospitality and you get to see what it is we're hoping to grow and build kind of in pursuit of that. What was your favorite thing you ate on Sunday? That's tough um, because the turkey, I was greeted with the turkey leg. Oh, that was a chicken uh, leg. What was it? That was a chicken leg. What'd you chicken leg. Well, look, it was the size of a turkey. Yeah, leg. yeah. Um, a little plump. That was that, that was what that was my greeting, and that was fantastic. Um, and then uh, Dan uh, Smoker Freddy gave me a pastrami sandwich that changed my life so much that I went home and told my wife that I had the best sandwich I've ever eaten, and she got mad. Um, <laughs> so that sandwich was better than the sandwiches I make you. I was like, way better. It was the best sandwich I've ever eaten. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Iman's wife made Mexican street corn, which absolutely does not belong probably at a, at a barbecue event. But boy, was it good and did it fit. That was fantastic. Um, and then the chicken wings that, that Dan made were stupid. I mean, I sat there with Reed and Reed's dad, Kevin, and we were just trying to not let anybody else eat the chicken wings because they were so good. I mean, they were I mean, they were ridiculous how good they were. Um, the sticky icky, I think is what Dan called them, but, uh, they had, they had been caramelized several times. And then, uh, I got a personal drop off from Dan. Dan actually dropped some weight, some ribs off to, to me and my, and my, uh, and my wife after you guys were all done. And those were unbelievable too. I don't know that I could necessarily pick and I'm trying to think of what of you, I know I ate some of your stuff too, Drew. No, it's, it's okay. Just not, listen, it's you don't have to answer. listen. We're not here for self-aggrandization. What I'm here for is to, I just want people to understand the scope of what we were putting out as a group. It was it was ridiculous. It was yeah. The food was uh, oh uh, I did I think I had one of your brats. There we go. Yep, and that was fantastic. It was, it was just yeah. I left meat coma. It's meat coma left, stuff. Yeah, I left I left sweating. I had the meat sweats a little bit, but it was freaking worth it. It was. I wish the weather was better so that more people would have come out. But it was uh, yeah. To me to me it spoke to which is what you guys are doing. It spoke to an opportunity. There's an opportunity to make this thing bigger more about the community probably help some charities yep um and then from there it just kind of has to once that idea is vetted you have to kind of figure out how it's going to work and interact and how it's going to you know do what it's supposed to do so that everybody is blessed by it to include the cookers because i don't want i don't i don't envision a world where you guys are cooking for you know two or two thousand people because then you know somebody somewhere is losing quite a bit of money um, not that you wouldn't love to do it anyway, but it's got to be manageable, right? So don't so threaten me with a good time. Me. You have no idea right. how cr- you, you have no idea, Joe. The, 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 right. the, the, the itch that I get when people are like, oh, well, how big is the crowd? <laughs> I'm already just thinking of plans. I don't I don't think about cost. Yeah, gotcha. Well, there's a way to balance all of that because I don't need anybody getting a second mortgage on their house. But, um, but yeah, it's, I think there's a great opportunity, a, f- a phenomenally great opportunity. Now. I appreciate you, Joe. I appreciate you for joining us. Uh, our rock, the Rock Power Report attorney, Mark Smith, is chiming in from all the way up north. Uh, Mark, are you there? All right, now we got Mark in our lawyer, Mark Smith. Speak to us about your Reynolds rep. Hey, first time caller. Can you hear me? <laughs> there he is. <laughs> yeah, we get it, Mark. Hey, so so I'm in Montreal for the F1 race. I got a couple minutes to talk. Um, we we've been drinking a little bit today, and uh, Drew had a phenomenal lighted softball, and um, he takes way too long to cook baked beans. It took like 20 minutes. No, it took like two hours and 20 minutes. Now that I think about it, way too long to cook baked beans. And finally, I'm so excited for the crucial taunt revival next Saturday at Sportsfest. Uh, go Ferrari. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Professional radio caller. He's in. He makes his points, throws a, throws a jab, and then gets out. I love it. Guys, this is he's, – first of all, my apple pie baked beans, I was probably the most proud of that. It was, I mean, the, the, the tri-tips were good, but those apple pie baked beans, like I said, you get to experiment with shit you've never done before. I thought they liked it. Tiff, yeah. Tiff wants the recipe. I'm going to give it to her. I made it up off of a one-minute YouTube video that I saw that I sent you. Iman, when you think about the amount of just the amount of effort put into this and the time put in by everybody, Dan Freddy, 
the fact that he put that much time, effort, work into not just what he was doing the day before, but then came back and came back, did our event. And then afterwards, afterwards, he like reached out to me and was like, you seem like a cool dude. Here's my number. And I was like, hey, I can't wait to cook with you again. This benefited everybody on so many levels, right? Yeah, we met people who had avatars as as Twitter profile, like like weird characters, and we got to know who they really are. You got to see other people. You got to meet people that you haven't seen before. You get to meet people you haven't seen in a while, like run into them. Hey, we get to have a conversation. Eric Smeal came out from Riverside. I love it. I, I loved the group that we put together. I can't wait to grow it. Yeah. I think we should do this again sometime soon. The first step's the hardest, so try to make it as easy as possible. And it it worked, and where do we go from here? And now we just work to scale it. Yep. I have a request for next June. What's that? Next June, I'll make sure that I have r- sanctioned time off, because as somebody that has to work weekends, I have to be diligent with the time I'm allowed off specifically for Bills games, which, not for nothing, I'm going to be at the first three games of the season. But if you're doing this again next year, next June, I will request off, and with the amount of time that it takes to cook all said meat throughout the morning, all I need is a grill and 40 minutes to heat up my chicken wing dip. There anybody, if anybody is listening to this and wants to step to the table, dip at competition chi- at chicken wing. Dip. Now this is a tail. See, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yes, come at me, bro. <laughs> I will take you down. This is it. Like we can do more things like this. We can start to grow this, and as we do, I guess that's what I left this entire thing with. That it was incredibly fun. I dropped Blake off at your house. Mm-hmm. So, because you guys figured out that there was no more room in the truck. Yep. Yeah, that's our, it was a Tetris, and then Blake didn't fit anymore. So, I'm dropping Blake off at your house. And I stop, and I, you know, he gets out, and I, I'm driving home, and I get on the 90, and I'm driving, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, this, like, these people, these people that I just spent the day with, my wife, maybe she understands. Probably not. These people are just as much family to me as she and my kids are. And the people that I met for the first time, they're, they get pulled under the tent as far as I'm concerned. Like, I just got, to, got a chance to m- expand that sense of family. And a lot of that exists because of the Buffalo Bills, like my season tickets, our tailgating, everything that we do. I, it's like your tent just gets bigger and bigger. And isn't that what community building is? Yes, yeah, not just sports ball. Yeah. Like when people just rail on sports ball, that it upsets me because of this. Yeah. This is what it's really about. You could tell you, we could sit here and talk about who ran what route in a practice. Instead, what I'd like to talk about is the fact that we have a a really vibrant community here around this fan base. And this might be the most energized this fan base has ever been. Mm -hmm. This might be the time. Like, this might be our moment where we can say, look, there's a a space for both sides to exist. The lunatic fringe of the fan base that gets all the press. People show up to the mud lot and they're disappointed that they don't see people on fire or people jumping through tables and what... It's like, yeah, no, because we're all adults. First of all, I, I don't need that in my life. Second of all, nobody ever walks away hungry or bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those, are two, yeah. those are things that never happen at our tailgates. And it's why they've grown into what they have become. And it's why more and more people become attracted to them. And with that, again, it kind of sets the stage for how, like I said, young people. You know, I think back to my friend Dan Moross bringing his uh, Blackstone and chefing up breakfast for us, and then when he had leftovers, he would just walk around the parking lot going, like, anyone who had kids, he'd just walk over and be like, do your kids want scrambled eggs? Because I'm not taking these eggs home. So, something as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Something that lets the next generation know, hey, look, there's another way to do this. You don't have to be this. You could be this. And we all can share the same space. I think that we have a real moment here where if we can seize it, we can feed a lot of people. We can have a lot of fun. Guys like you and I, mm-hmm. Iman. And at the same time, we can grow a portion of the fan base and strengthen it 
at a time when I think it needs it maybe the most. Yeah. Damn. Again, huge shout out to everybody who came out. Dan, Dan, Dan is Dan Freddy still in here? Uh, let me look. Yes, he is. Dan, you, I'll request him to speak. Request him to speak. All right, we're gonna need. Uh, I sent him an invite. Dan's gonna need to unmute your microphone to speak, or he might be afraid and just leave the room altogether. Dan doesn't. We, we Dan, have no idea. I just met you, him. He doesn't strike me as scared. Yeah, we're still waiting for him to uh, invite to speak. I've invited him to speak. All right. He doesn't want to do it. All right. Well, either way, here's what I look at. Like, he's because he kind of encapsulates what this is. Like, he and I didn't know each other before Sunday. Now I have his phone number, and I'm like going to text him when we get done with this, and we're going to be talking about what barbecue plans we're going to make for the upcoming like month and a half. Maybe do like a preseason game thing. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to, what we're gonna do with the preseason. I just. I don't know what to do with it yet. I don't know what to do with that either. We, I usually know, give my tickets away, but I would go cook if there yeah, was a reason. To with go. that four o'clock game, I'm enticed. The one o'clock, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Nobody watches the preseason. No, but I could. Sh- but no, but I could show up. We have put on a show in the parking lot. We have the opening night game against the Rams. Gonna be hosted here. We, I'm off. We have all day. An electric smoker. Don't tell Bridget. She'll invite everybody listening to the show. <laughs> Your wife really is an outgoing. Like, well, Iman, I'd hate to break it to you, but she is listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is why these spaces are great. Yeah. So what I love about this, like the, the whole reason, like Dan, he's reaching out to me after just having met. And he's like, hey, you seem like a cool guy. We, I, I want to get. That's what this is. It's networking between those of us who have the tools, who have the talent to cook things and put together this thing. Because look at people since the beginning of time, as far as human beings are concerned, have been bonding over food and drink. We as Bills fans have been doing it for decades. Tailgating, we talked about it the last time you were on the podcast, Iman. It's the fabric of our fan base. Yeah. Like, it's the fabric that the rest of this thing kind of is painted on. Yeah. So with that in mind, I really genuinely believe that what we're doing here, this whole Grills Mafia thing, I think that it not only has legs, but I think that it it could shape the way people interact. It could shape friendships. It, could, it, it can expand our fan base to a degree, especially with younger kids. Yeah, when people come up here for for away games and yes. see how we really tailgate versus what they see on the clickbait. Chris, how many people do we have coming from out of town this year? God, I Not know. just out of town, out of country? Yeah. I, the Aussies are talking about making the trip. The Green Bay H- game. Hugo's coming. Hugo's coming to Tennessee. Uh, Terry White's coming. Terry White's Terry coming. Terry White. Terry White's coming to Pittsburgh. The Terry White, and if he doesn't bring more pictures of Keith the Pubcat, from England, I'm gonna, f- I'm, I'll snap. Yeah, uh, Lauren is coming from for the Pittsburgh game. Yes, I've had to request all because I've seen people in her DMs say, "Hey, we're coming to P- the Pittsburgh game." It's like well, I got to take that day off now. <laughs> I mean, I, I put it in last night when I was at work, so I'll know Saturday if I officially have that day off. But I'm planning to be at the first three home games: Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and Green Bay. This thing we do already attracts people from around the country. Why not try to just locally show people, like, hey, this is what it is. Yep. This is what it could be. Why don't you become a part of it? it you know, it, I, think that they, I, I think that there's a lot of gravity to what we're doing here. It's rewarding. It truly is. When you get to sit back and just watch it play out. And I couldn't, I couldn't imagine a better group of human beings. That's the other thing. Chris, I'm an awful person. I don't even like you, and you, deep, I see you weekly. Deep down, when you get down to it, I, it's like I tell my wife all the time: I'm not good, I'm not bad, I'm just okay. I am, I, I'm neutral. At least I try to be. Sometimes it, sometimes That's, I'll tip a little bit one way, a little bit the other. It's being generous. So, knowing that someone like me can be friends with someone like you, Iman, mm-hmm. who you are genuinely one of the best people I've I've met. I feel bad for Iman because he gave himself options to start the football season. I'm going to tailgate 
on the opposite side of the yep. stadium. And then he made his way to the mud line. I had to feel it out. You could have picked anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And something about our situation was like, that's, that's the spot. That's <laughs> it. Mark and me and Reynolds rap flying yep. around and F1 races being run at 8 a.m. on battery operated TVs. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's. You're not going to find that anywhere else except for here. Because I've tailgated all over the place. When I used to come up once a year, it was always a random lot we'd go to. Just how we came into the stadium and like, all right, I guess we're going to be in lot one or we're going to be over here in this grass lot. <laughs> and I did mud lot twice back in the day. Is it different? For, is it different from a like a Bills lot versus a, like a privately owned lot? Very different. Well, in I'm, what way? The coffin corner. I came up for back in 09 or 10. That was up there where the, the Brian Mormon sign is. They had a pretty, pretty big party there at that cor- big party at that corner. And like Mormon came, he would stop his car and hang out with us for a little bit. All right. So that was fun. And then there was a whole thing. This was 09. The NFL like cracked down on tailgating in those lots and taking up spots with your tents and your grills. And they made every spot must be filled. That's when it changed. There was a whole thing about it. Chris, what did I say? I think I said this once before on the podcast. Everything that's good in life will eventually be ruined by some jerk off in a tie chasing a dollar. So there was back. Okay, this is weird. But so the guy who used to be a big part of that tailgate, he said that Goodell sent spies in jackets with little cameras to his tailgate and was recording it as evidence of them making an event within their event. And they were building a case against us and Oakland lots. The NFL was like cracking down. What does Oakland know about smoking meat? The, <laughs> we were oh, deep they, frying they, turkey. They even, Oakland knows a lot about smoking something, but it's not meat. We were deep frying no! tur- turkeys that day. Slam. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's mean. That's punching down. I shouldn't do that. You should absolutely do that. So I, I guess the thing is, th- this is it, right? We are the the community within the we're the event within the event. Yep. Tailgating has become a thing unto itself. That's what I was like. This is the spot. This is great. We're like in. Well, I was in the KK Mart lot where they just sandwich you in. Yeah. No, this is and that's why I try. I was talking to the guy who owns the mud lot. I'm like, this is kind of the last frontier of like what you're doing out here. This is freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, we showed up for that uh, zero degree playoff game, and he's like, okay, well, as long as you pull your, we're only giving single spaces, but if you put your tent behind your car, I'm not going to, f- okay, yeah. fine, I'll pull up to the road. Yeah, they work with you. They work with you. And c- because they want the party, they're partiers. They're boozing in there the entire time they're parking cars. <laughs> they want the party the same way we do. And that's why I embrace and respect and support everything that they do. No disrespect to any other lot. But just in the grand sense of things, this is how you grow community. And I just think that we've taken the first step in that. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy that you were you were the driving force behind this whole thing. I, I like making things happen. I'm just not the loud one. <laughs> Chris. Drew, can, I don't know if you're hiring Iman, but if... Q42 needs Just needs a, a loud guy? No, if you, if <laughs> Q42 needs a director of communications, Drew would be that guy yeah. because he likes to he can communicate. There might be some physicality behind I, the I communication. My, I get my point across is what it is. But no, we really have like we've and I think you and I have become better friends. Yeah. We, we've become close. Our families yep. have become close throughout all this. I think that more people could get into that if we just show it to them. Mm-hmm. If we not, but not only show it to them, but if we help foster it, and that's on us. Yeah. I'm looking forward to meeting that challenge over the course of the next year, the next two years, the next five years. I want to try to promote this thing as an outreach, mm-hmm. and I think that I don't know. I'm up for it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm up for it. Hell, yeah. Cheers. I'll, I'll clink. I think there what you need, I think what you need to do. Is remember when I worked at Advantech and they gave me a turkey? I think you need to give that to Iman and do something with it. Oh, no, no, we'll do a turkey. We'll do all kinds of stuff. I can't wait. Drew has like an 18 pound turkey that I gave to him a couple years. I don't know about that one. We got to watch a YouTube video. We got to watch a YouTube video to figure it out, Chris. Why don't you go find us one? (laughs) Yeah. All right, Iman, just give us your YouTube channel and we can uh, we can do it. Iman, why don't you? So so what everyone who was listening live doesn't realize is we're going to give out 
some free barbecue sauce and rub, compliments of the Rock Pile Report, some Q42. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find your products here yeah. locally and abroad? And also where they can follow you on social media. Sure. So we're at uh, Q42BBQ.com. That's our little website. Just found a distributor warehouse here in Buffalo. So that was a big deal because I've been packaging that stuff up in the basement for people. <laughs> oh, my God. You, you're doing that in Toronto. So when you made an order, I ran downstairs and put that together and then drove it over to UPS. So I'm a, I'm a regular over there. They're always like, what, what are you? What are you doing with this? What's this thing? So... Just finally got a distributor, so that's huge. And so order as much as you want now because I don't have to package it anymore. <laughs> uh, so Q42.com. Yeah, or Q42BBQ.com. Okay. And then there's Q-42. So the guy, there's a guy in China who has Q42, and you don't want to go to that site. Yeah, don't check that out because it, it gets He won't weird. sell it. He won't sell it. Not, he said not enough funds. Not enough funds? <laughs> Which so. sounds like the – it sounds about right. Yeah. And then where can people follow both you and Q42 on Twitter? So I'm the Iman, the E-A-M-M-O-N. I actually got doxxed out of my uh, original handle, which was Iman because I was an early adopter by a uh, Minecraft guy. And then uh, <laughs> and then my Instagram is Iman A, and then <laughs> all Q42 stuff is Q42BBQ. Instagram, Twitter, Facebooks. <laughs> Chris, the way he like described getting like docs out of his handle sounds like a Family Guy skit where they're like, "Oh, remember that one time when this super <laughs> random sounding thing happened?" And they show like a thirty second montage of something ridiculous. Yep. That's what I just oh yeah. That's so why I, I love this podcast. That's why I love you guys. That's why I have to be the Iman now. So, guys, this has been a lot of fun. We're done talking about barbecue for right now. We'll be back though. But for tonight, we gotta get out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Iman Azizi. And this has been your Rockpile Report.